Hey guys, welcome back to Malucast episode 5. I am your host, Maluka, and I have to be quiet Maluka this episode because Dante is sleeping and sometimes if I laugh a little too loudly, he'll wake up. <laughs> um, I already figured out that I, I can't sing while he's sleeping, um, but I also have to be careful not to laugh because that also wakes him. Um, he's home right now because he's been sick for the past week. He's He's all better now but we're just waiting for him not to be contagious he has a particular virus you just need to wait out um but he's doing super well he's happy and and playing and all that stuff um but yeah i got a call from daycare last week saying like oh Dante has a fever come pick him up and i had um i had already scheduled 10 physical therapy sessions for the pain in my back and i, I had managed to go to three before getting the call and at least I got to go to three. The last time I had scheduled the sessions in January, I only went to one. <laughs> and then we all got COVID and I had to cancel. Um, and so this also happened in November, December at some point. And so I, I had to call the, the lady, that the receptionist for the therapy center. And I was like, oh, Maribel, I am sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to be a flake, but my son is sick again. And I need to stay home with him. And she, she laughed and said, that's okay. That's okay. Just call whenever you can. And so we need to hold off a little bit longer before I can, before I can move forward with that. And um, <laughs> there was a point last week where I thought of this podcast and I, I, <laughs> I laughed to myself because I was like, I, I can't wait to tell them this. Um, I ran out of ideas of how to entertain Dante one day because we had already played in the living room and in his room. And then, you know, I, I could see that he was growing restless and so I thought okay let's go to my room to my studio he's hardly ever there so everything seems new to him and so we go into the room and he's like oh new area <laughs> new area of the map unlocked and he goes straight to my desk and he opens a drawer and takes out a pen and looks at it and like holds it in his little hands and then gives it to me then he takes out another pen looks at it and gives it to me takes out a marker looks at it gives it to me, takes out the scotch tape, gives it to me, takes out the post-its, gives it to me, takes rubber bands and stamps and clips and oh. <laughs> he started taking everything out of the drawers and he would just hand things to me and I had so many office supplies in my hands I couldn't hold everything so I just started putting stuff on the desk, piling stuff on the desk and so I just had to sit there and watch all the, the hard work that I did in episode two of this podcast to clean that desk it was just a, a big undo. <laughs> <laughs> I, but he was so cute because he was um, very, very interested in all the different objects that he normally doesn't get to play with. So it was worth it, definitely. But but kind of absurd, really. <laughs> so it made this whole deal of, oh, I cleaned my desk. A fabulous step forward. I, I'm getting my life in order. And, and, and that's, that's gone. <laughs> it lasted a couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah. I kept thinking of the book that Bilbo Baggins was writing. It's called There and Back Again, right? That's how I feel my life is right now. It's like one step forward, two steps back. <laughs> uh, so other than that, life's been life's been okay. And I've been thinking a lot about some comments that you guys have been leaving on, on the podcast, the previous episodes. And I wanted to talk about some of them because they really did make me think and, and realize some things. The first one is I've, I've seen it mentioned several times that, that the, my voice in this podcast is relaxing and, and uh, that I have a, a good cadence. And this is something that is so surprising, you guys, because all of my life I've never felt I had a, a, a good speaking voice. 
And I think it has to do with the fact that when we speak, the sound resonates within us. And so it, I think we have the impression that we sound lower or deeper than, than we actually do. And so I would be used to that, then hear myself record it and I'd be like, me, 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 me. And I would cringe, I would feel so uncomfortable because like, I, I don't sound like that. Do I sound like that? And then years later, when I was able to record a song, because I had started singing because I started writing songs. And so when I finally was able to record one, I remember I would show it to my friends and they would listen to it and be like, wait, that's you? Is that really you? You're kidding, right? No, that's not you. And it would kind of make sense to me because I remembered hearing my speaking voice recorded and thinking I sounded like a chihuahua, annoying as hell. No offense to chihuahuas, sorry. But then I would hear my singing voice and thought it sounded nice. And so I, I was like, oh, I know, I know it makes no sense, but that's just how it is. And so I, I was still under the impression to this day that my speaking voice sounds like a chihuahua. <laughs> and I guess maybe that's something that has been changing both with age and with um, the singing practice. Because for, in order to be able to sing, sing properly and sing for long periods of time, you have to make sure you have good vocal placement. And I've noticed that I've been using those techniques when I have to speak for longer periods of time. For example, during streaming, I noticed pretty quickly that if I didn't use a better vocal placement while speaking in between songs, I would end up losing my voice very, very quickly. And when I sit down to record these podcasts, I want my voice to be as even as possible. So I do try to be conscious of that and to be speaking with intention and not sound like a chihuahua. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But what, what really surprises me about this is now that you say this, now that you mention that this is uh, relaxing and nice to listen to, it opens up a different area of opportunities that I had never considered because I thought it wasn't, they wouldn't be a, a good match for me. So now it's, I don't know, it's something to think about. I don't know quite what to make of this, but it's on my mind as a new set of possibilities. So that's awesome. The other comment that I love this week was by Letodan on Patreon, who said that he really likes the track that you're listening to in the background. Thank you, Letodan. Um, this is a track called Heights. I composed this for an indie game uh, years and years ago. And I have always <laughs> really liked this track because I guess it relaxes me too. Um, and I like the way it loops because I, I find that I don't grow tired of it. I don't notice it. So that's why I <laughs> it's pretty common to see videos of me talking with this track. And Letodan was wondering in, in the comments if I could write more tracks like this. And I thought that was a really cool idea because his suggestion made me think of, of an approach that I could possibly take to this. And I, I wanted to, to share. I've always wanted to record more music like this because I think it would be a, a good asset to have to be able to, you know, if I have a video, I can just throw on one of the tracks that I have. Um, but I've never been able to, to, to do it. I sit down, try to write, it's like, I don't know what to do because this track, Heights, was composed to visuals from this game. So whenever I've tried to write without having that source of visual inspiration, I, I, my mind draws a blank. And what I was thinking is, what if I take my voice from this podcast and try to write something underneath it? Something with a similar mood as, you know, the, the rhythm I'm speaking. Because I usually record the podcast while listening to this track. So maybe the, the audio and what I'm saying and, and the feel of it can help inspire me to write other tracks. 
and it's something I want to try this week. We, it may not work, we'll see, but it, at least it's, it's, I'm excited about the idea of it. Because in a way it's like going back to my roots, because in college I studied both music production and engineering and film scoring. So this can be a new type of film scoring in a way. Um, and <laughs> this led me down another rabbit hole, thinking about film scoring and how it's an area of my life that I completely chickened out on, I have to say, if we're being honest here. Um, well, no, it's a mixture of I chickened out and then I found something else that made me happier at the time. Because when I went to Berkeley, I went with the intention to focus on film scoring and I did the audio thing just because I thought it would be a nice skill set to have. And I ended up falling in love with recording and, and producing. And, um, and the film scoring all, almost became an, an afterthought. And it was a combination of things because I was very intimidated by the students because I, I felt everybody knew something I didn't. Or, I don't know, they were just more, much more advanced. And I always felt that in listening to their work, it just felt so much more sophisticated than mine to a point where I was just cringing about my work. And I hated the feeling of being the cringy one in the classroom and I didn't know how to fix it. <laughs> and the teachers also were very sure to tell us that it's, it's a hard career to get into, first of all, because it's a networking and then once you're in, it's very hectic because film scoring is usually one of the last few steps of, of a production, for example, like a TV show or a movie. They leave that until the very last min minute usually and they're like, oh, we need the film score by tomorrow. Yes, thank you. And so the idea of, of having a life like that, kind of kind of having that kind of responsibility of a whole production and you need to be sure to deliver and not just deliver in time, but deliver something good. I don't know, it just stressed me out. The thought of it stressed me out. And I know some people these days that work on, whether it's scoring games or scoring shows or movies, and indeed they work crazy hours and, and they're able to deliver and everything, but it's, it's a rhythm of life that I... I feel it's not suited for me. I don't know because I never tried it, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like I said, the thought of it stresses me out. So anyway, I had those conflicting feelings about it and then I really fell in love with, with the audio aspect of it and pushing all the buttons and, <laughs> and um, was so much more excited about, about recording. So I, I ended up focusing on that, but, but I always feel it, it's almost like like the what I was talking about last episode, I like a, a longing for it. It's not a longing as strong as for writing, oddly enough, but it's always present. <laughs> the hilarious thing is, we, I just had a conversation about this with Omi, my husband, because he says that whenever we watch a movie, he always asks me about the score because I'm supposed to be the one that knows. And I am always unhappy and I'm like, no, I hated it. No, I disliked it. No, this was done very poorly. And he's like, Maluka, well, what, what would have made you happy? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know how I could fix what I don't like about it. <laughs> And isn't it always like that? The people who know the least are the people who always have the, the strongest, judgiest opinions. So I apologize to all the film scoring professionals that I have criticized without even knowing what it's really like. We just laughed about it and I just said I just have to stop being an ass. <laughs> so we'll see with the experiment this week and in the next few weeks, I guess, if, if I can somehow incorporate film scoring back into my life in this kind of different way. 
I have been getting up earlier and earlier each day because I realized that since I'm going to sleep super early, I'm usually out of it by the end of the day, like at, at 9 p.m. I'm already heading to bed. Uh, so I can I, I can sleep enough and get up super early and I started I usually woke up around 6 to help prepare Omi's lunch that he takes to work and then I started getting up at 5.30 and it was nice to have that little extra time between finishing packing the lunch and, and by the time Dante woke up because I used to have like a half an hour but getting up a half an hour earlier means I had a whole hour and then I got up at 5 and then I got up at 4.30 <laughs> And it's been great, and it's been great because there's this whole amount of silence, and I, I sit and I write, and it's delicious, it's delicious. And then my son got this sixth sense and sort of knew that I was going to wake up a little bit earlier to write, and at 4.23 this morning, I kid you not, 4.23, all of a sudden I hear in the monitor, Mama, Mama, <laughs> Mama, and I was like, baby, no. <laughs> he woke up and I went there and I changed his diaper and I put him back to bed but but um, he didn't want to go back to sleep it was this whole struggle and eventually he went back to sleep but it was just like baby baby let me ride please <laughs> it's almost as if he said oh mommy you found a way to make an extra effort great see you at 4 30 bye night night <laughs> well we'll see if I can keep waking up at 4 30 it's really nice, though, not, not to have any interruptions or calls or doorbells or Thorbells. Um, so, yeah, I'll keep trying. I'd like to know, at what time do you guys wake up? And do you wake up earlier than you have to in order to get a little bit of extra time? And how do you make use of this time? Thanks again for listening this week, you guys. I'll see you back here next week for episode six. Take care and, and be good. Bye.